Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Enoch and the Ephilim. That's correct. We're talking about Enoch and the Ephilim. Now, this is something that comes up uh, repeatedly in uh, UFO um, discussions about possible ancient aliens, uh, giants, this, this sort of thing. And and the, the idea of this ancient prophet Enoch and his uh, writings about the sons of God coming to earth, uh, having sex with women, and producing a offspring, uh, basically a race of giants. Now, just to get into this a little bit, I do have a connection to all the articles that we're talking about and a short video at the website ufowarning.com. You can go to ufowarning.com to see that. And there is a informative uh, YouTube video that came across here, about 15 minutes. I think it does a pretty good job talking about Enoch, and apparently there are actually three books of Enoch, uh, the ancient text uh, that seems to be more or less written in the first person, uh, where Enoch is giving a story, and then uh, a later text, and then finally uh, one written a few hundred years later in the Jewish tradition. I thought the whole thing was very interesting. If you're not familiar with this uh, subject, uh, L.A. Missoula does a lot of work on it. Uh, Dan Quayle talks about it. But I think it's something worth looking at because it just goes to show that this whole idea of uh, the supernatural, of uh, possible alien contact, or whatever you want to call it, has been around for a very long time. Now, the first uh, text we have with this comes out of the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 6. And this, of course, is a very old, old oral tradition, and I believe most scholars think that it was actually put to paper by Moses. It says, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men, men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be numbered a hundred and twenty years. Then it says, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And then it goes on and talks about God sending the flood. Now, keep in mind this time frame uh, with Enoch, a son of uh, Lachish, I believe, we'll get into this, is just before the flood. Now, Methuselah uh, died, uh, and then the flood came. So this is the bloodline of Noah. So we're talking about, if you go by a uh, biblical uh, a, a biblical uh, timeline, this would be, I think, about 1,500 years 
after the creation, which would be uh, about 2500 uh, BC, maybe, if I get my dates right on that. Now, if we go to the book of Enoch, and this is a, this is the thing about Enoch is that Enoch is uh, referred to in the in the New Testament, but the but the book of Enoch is not included uh, in, the, in today's uh, uh, King James Version Bible. I think people believe uh, understand that the reason the book of Enoch is not uh, included is because when they put the books together uh, that make up the Bible. They just weren't sure enough that they had had a, a good enough translation of Enoch, or that, or that it was uh, had enough. Um, how should I say? If there was enough, if there was enough reason to believe that this really should be included, so it was left out, even though it's it, even though Enoch is referred to in the Bible. It says that Enoch walked with God and was no more. He he's a Bible character in the Old Testament. But this book was left out of the Bible that we have. But still interesting to take a look at this. It says here in the book of Enoch, uh, chapter 6, 1, it says, And it came to, or 6.1 is it has listed here, And it came to pass, when the sons of men had increased, that in those days there were born to them fair and beautiful daughters. And the angels, the sons of heaven, saw them and desired them. And they said to one another, Come, let us choose for ourselves wives from the children of men, and let us beget for ourselves children. And Semyaza, who was their leader, said to them, I fear that you may not wish this deed to be done, and that I alone will pay for this great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath and bind one another with curses, so not to alter this plan, but to carry out this plan effectively." Then they all swore together, and all bound one another with curses to it, and they wore in all two hundred. And they came down on Artis, which is the summit of Mount Hermon, and they called the mountain Hermon, because on it they swore and bound one another with curses. And those are the names of their leaders, Simyaza, who was their leader, and it lists off a whole bunch more of the, of the ringleaders. It says, these are the leaders of the two hundred angels, and all and all of the others with them. It goes on, it says, And they took wives for themselves, and every one chose for himself one each. And they began to go into them, and were promiscuous with them. And they taught them charms and spells, and they showed them the cutting of roots and trees. And they became pregnant and bore large giants. Now, I thought this was really interesting, because oftentimes we have in the idea that these fallen angels were themselves giants. But that's not what it says. It says, And they became pregnant and bore large giants, and their height was 3,000 cubics. Now, I'm not sure what they mean by a cubic here, but that sounds pretty big. These devoured all the toil of men until men were unable to sustain them. That's another narrative that we get through the Native American stories a lot of times, is that these giants just literally ate the people out of a house and home, and then, began, and then began to eat the people. It says, And the giants turned against them in order to devour men. And they began to sin against birds, and against animals, and against reptiles, and against fish. And they, and they devoured one another's flesh, and drank the blood from it. Then the earth complained about the lawless ones. So, it just gives you the idea that after these, after these spiritual angelic beings came down and had this forbidden sex with 
um, women from Earth and created these giants that just total chaos was released into the Earth. It says, And Azizel taught men to make swords and daggers, shields and breastplates. And he showed them things after these and the art of making them, bracelets and ornaments, and the art of making up the eyes and of beautifying the eyelids, and the most precious and choice stones, and all kinds of colored dyes, and the world was changed. And there, and there was great impiety and much fornication, and they went astray, and all their ways became corrupt. Amazerite taught all those who cast spells and cut roots, Amrus the release of spells, and Barakel astrologers, and Kokabile portents, and Tamil taught astrology, and Azradel taught the path of the moon, and the destruction on the earth. And at the destruction on the earth, men cried out, and their voices reached heaven. And then Michael, Gabriel, Cyril, and Riel, looking down from heaven, and saw the mass of blood that was being shed on earth, and all the iniquity that was being done on the earth. And they said to one another, Let the devastated earth cry out with the sound of their cries unto the gate of heaven. And now to you, O holy ones of heaven, the souls of men complain, saying, Bring our complaint before the Most High. And they said to their Lord the King, Lord of lords, God of gods, King of kings, your glorious throne endures for all the generations of the world, and your name is holy and praised for all generations of the world, and is blessed and praised. You have made everything, and power over everything is yours, and everything is uncovered and opened in front of you, and you see everything, and there is nothing that can be hidden from you. See then what Azazel has done, and how he has taught all iniquity on the earth, and revealed the eternal secrets which were made in heaven. And Simyaza has made known spells, he too whom you have of a, who you gave authority to rule over those who are with him. And they went into the daughters of men together, lay with those women, became unclean, and revealed to them these sins. And the women bore giants, and thereby the whole earth has been filled with blood and iniquity. And now behold, the souls which have died cry out and complain unto the gate of heaven, and their lament has ascended, and they cannot go out into the face of the iniquity which is being committed on earth. And you know everything before it happens, and you know this, what concerns each of them, but you say nothing to us. What ought we do with them about this? And then the Most High and the Great and Holy One spoke and sent Arsilier to the son of Lamech, and said to him, Now son of the, the son of Lamech, that of course is Enoch, say to, say to him in my name, Hide yourself, and reveal to him the end which is coming, because the whole earth will be destroyed. A deluge is about to come on all the earth, and what is in it will be destroyed. And now teach him so that he may escape, and his offspring may survive for the whole earth. And further the Lord said to Raphael, Bind Azazel by his hands and his feet, and throw him into darkness, and, this, and split open the desert, which is the Dudiel, and throw him there, and throw him on jagged and sharp stones, and cover him with darkness, and let him stay there forever, and cover his face so that he may not see the light, and so that on the great day of judgment he may be hurled into the fire, and restore the earth which the angels have ruined, and announce the restoration of the earth, for I shall restore the earth, so that, so that not all the sons of men shall be destroyed through the mystery of everything which the watchers have made known with the, which the watchers made known and taught to their sons, and the whole earth has been ruined 
by the teaching of the works of Aziel, and against him write all sin. And then it goes on and talks about it a little bit more. Really fascinating stuff. Now, I have a link to the book of Enoch right there at the website, ufowarning.com. And it it's, uh, surprises me, really, how much it just goes along with... Uh, it, it, it's as if it fills in the blanks from some of the stuff that we don't seem to be getting uh, from the Old Testament scriptures, but which which it alludes to. And it makes... It just seems like it fills in the blanks and lets everything add up. Now, if we go to um, Luke chapter 3, you can go there and see the the uh, lineage and it lists all the uh, all the ancestors um, that led up to Enoch. And then also we have we have uh, the scripture from the Old Testament that talks about Enoch and it says how Enoch and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now we don't, you know, there's a, a lot of different ways to imagine that, but it doesn't really tell us exactly why Enoch was taken. It just says that he walked with God and was taken. As far as how the um, how the uh, Nephilim were, were or how the, the, the fallen angels were dealt with, here in Jude it talks about it, and it says, uh, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. Strange flesh. You know, that brings it back to the book of Enoch, talking about how he violated all the animals these, these giants did. You just have to wonder what's going on there. Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, all these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, which contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not being against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebukes thee. And So he's talking about just... How these, how these, how these, how these fallen angels had a special place where they were kept at, and then it goes on and says, "Woe unto them for having gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gains in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feast of charity." When they feast with you, fitting themselves without without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about winds, trees whose fruit wherewith without fruit, and twice dead plucked up by the by the roots. Goes on it says, And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. These are murmurers, complainers, walkers, walking after their own lust 
and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. But, beloved, remember you, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time, who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Therefore, <clears throat> be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the Spirit, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's it's interesting to me that that in this chapter, Jude is um, really trying to encourage and and uh, tell the early church, you know, how to live, how to do the right thing. But he's he's going back to Enoch, and he's bringing up what happened with the Nephilim, and he's using that as an example of uh, how people shouldn't follow after their own desires. I just I just think that's so interesting that you know that is from a from a biblical standpoint that these things wherever they came from, uh, what they did uh, with humankind was considered uh, just so completely unacceptable. Uh, besides teaching people, uh, you know, a lot of bad uh, sexual habits. Apparently, they also taught them the art of war, uh, how to make war. Uh, they brought so many bad things into uh, into society. And, you know, we hear so often about, so many people have this notion, almost I think it's a fantasy, that uh, there's going to be some kind of alien contact, and the aliens are going to uh, bring us all, uh, you know, this wonderful high-tech stuff that, we, that we've all been waiting for, and they're here to help us. We see from the book of Enoch and from Genesis chapter 6, that when these people had uh, otherworldly contact, it didn't work out so well. They weren't here to help. They were actually here to, to well, to kill, steal, and destroy, and take advantage of everything uh, that was here to offer. And then it it seems um, it seems fascinating that even though these Nephilim came down, these fallen angels, uh, they had a physical shape at least where they were able to uh, interact and even intimately with humans. But when the women had children from these um, creatures, uh, they weren't so much human. They were giants. It describes them as what sounds like pretty large giants that just ate, says that they ate up all the sustenance of man. You couldn't. They couldn't grow enough food to support them all, and they were just ravaging. They were just ravaging the whole ecology, and then they they started to uh, cannibalize uh, mankind and each other. And so they drank the blood. So it just—it's almost like this this evil seed was planted, and then it just got worse and worse. It says here, uh, I found an article talking about this a little bit. I'll just read a little bit. It says, "Ancient aliens versus fallen angels Nephilim," and this came off of I don't know, but he does. dot com. It says, uh, "If you're familiar with the History Channel's hit television show, Ancient Aliens, then you have." been exposed to ancient alien theory. Interest, interestingly, as this show's popularity grows, so has awareness in the subject of Nephilim. Are these two subjects interconnected? And then it says, uh, in the the Bible introduces us to Nephilim uh, early in the book of Genesis in chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. And that's what we went over. It talks about how the sons of man went down into women. It says the term sons of God, or sons of God, rather, the sons of God was translated from the original Hebrew 
and then it has a word here, which I can't begin to pronounce, Ben L-O-I, maybe? Uh, this term literally means sons of God, but is only used in ancient texts to describe a direct creation of God himself, such as the angels. The only other direct creation, creation of God was Adam. Ancient language and biblical scholars agree that the term as it is used in this passage is referring to fallen angels. Many translations of the Bible simply render those passages as angels, where others, such as the New American Standard Bible, read sons of God. Other passages using the same term therefore clearly refer to angels. And then it quotes Job 1.6. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God... Bone Elohim came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. When the morning stars sang together, all the sons of God shouted for glory. Psalms 29.1, ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the, glory, the Lord glory and strength. Then it goes on, it says, in the pseudographical work, the book of Enoch, that's what we were just looking at. The fallen angels are referred to as the watchers. This is a this is a term we've heard uh, over and over, and watching and not maybe watching in a good sense. You know, that is the feeling we get from a lot of these UFO encounters is that they're not interacting so much, but they're watching, watch. But that is when they're not busy abducting people. But you get this sense of watching. And watching's not helping, okay? That's two different things. Watching is just watching. We don't know what the motives are. Although the work is considered pseudographical, many scholars believe that the book of the Watchers in Enoch 1 was in fact authentic and was written by the hand of Enoch. Evidence of this is presented in the New Testament book of Jude 1, 14 and 15, where Jude quotes Enoch 1, 9 and attributes authorityship to Enoch himself. And it says, now Enoch, the, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also. That's what we just talked about just a minute ago. Enoch describes the extraordinary account of the watchers descending to earth and deciding to take wives among the human women for themselves, thus provoking the Lord. These events correlate to the account of Genesis 6. The offspring of the illicit union between the fallen angels and the human women are called the Nephilim, or literally giants. The Genesis 6 account goes on to describe in verse 12 that in fact all flesh was corrupted, which includes animals, and further justifies God's employment of the global flood to destroy not only humans but animals as well. This is where the ancient astronaut or ancient alien theory comes into play, also known as paleocontact hypothesis, and considered a pseudoscience. The idea was first proposed in earnest by Harold T. Wilkins in the late 1950s, although similar themes and devices go back to the 19th century. Although the theory has many offshoots and varying ideas, the basic idea is that extraterrestrials visited Earth at some point in antiquity and made contact with humans. Most theorists believe that humans were either created or descended from these beings. It also it is also believed that the technologies employed by the ancient aliens were misunderstood as signs of divinity. These beings are often referred to us as the gods by ancient astronaut theorists. The idea has relegated was relegated to little more than a fringe fantasy until Eric Van Daniken released his book, Chariot of the Gods, in 1968. The groundbreaking book was the first of its kind to explore ancient cave drawings, 
carvings, and other early artistic renderings around the world, depicting humans and non-humans alike participating in activities such as flying space travel, the use of advanced technologies, and flying vehicles, all before any type of worldwide travel or communication existed. To theorists such as Van Daniken, this is evidence of a worldwide inception of ancient aliens descending to Earth and sharing their advanced knowledge of flight, science, and other technology with early man. Bible literals who understand the very mysterious an abbreviated account in Genesis 6 see obvious parallels between the biblical account and ancient astronaut theory. However, sharp contracts exist where biblical authority takes precedence. First of all, as we believe the Bible is a literal, inherent word of God, therefore it is no mystery how we came into being and who created us. We believe that, according to Genesis 6, that by fallen, <clears throat> that fallen angels did descend to earth, and interact with mankind. The book of the Watchers and one Enoch explicitly describes how these fallen angels infused mankind with hidden secrets of science, alchemy, herbalism, weaponry, and even jewelry. And this would explain a lot as far as the big megalithic buildings from the pyramids to uh, the giant stones in Lebanon, even to South America. If, if mankind had uh, been shared secret technology with these uh, pseudo, I guess you would say, divine beings, these these ancient aliens, these these otherworldly creatures. Using the biblical account of Genesis 6 as our authority, it becomes clear exactly how the ancient world was infused with such creatures, and knowingly, as it is described pictorially on ancient cave walls and carvings, the so-called ancient aliens are in reality fallen angels. Believers in ancient astronaut theory state that these aliens created mankind. However, they mingled their DNA with mankind to create a race terrifying, a race of terrifying giants called Nephilim. These illicit creations were an abomination to God and served as the key reason for the great flood. The Bible states that all flesh had been corrupted and had corrupted its way on the earth. That's Genesis 6:12. However, Noah was found pure in his generations. This is an interesting passage as it states nothing about Noah's character or righteousness, but that his generations or bloodline was pure or uncorrupted with the acts of the fallen angels. Even at this early stage in the Bible, we see God's plan for preserving the human race in order to bring about his son, the Messiah, through the lines of man. Satan knew from the moment God declared that the seed of the woman would crush his head, that if he could corrupt the blood of mankind, he could thwart the plan of God. This is just the tip of the iceberg of the biblical account of fallen angels mating with human women and producing the Nephilim upon the world and how it directly relates to the ancient astronaut theory. What is amazing is that the subscribers to the theory of ancient aliens are typically those who reject the Bible and who maintain secular views. Yet it is astonishing that they are able to come to the same conclusion as those who study it in earnest. And then it, it continues on from there. Uh, a pretty decent article, I thought. Anyway, I wanted just to bring that up because uh, there's so much interest in giants and this whole concept of the Nephilim, uh, the fallen ones, uh, ancient astronauts. It all ties together, and I found it really, uh, when I got to looking into it, really interesting how um, the prophet, I guess you would say, Enoch, the actual real human Enoch, uh, has quoted in the Bible multiple times, and then how closely uh, his book correlates with what the Old Testament has to say, and then how that Old Testament scripture is is referred back to in the New Testament. So you really get you thinking, yes, something did happen. These creatures did come down to earth. 
they did have some. They, they did interbreed with humans, which resulted in this terrible condition of these giants going around, just uh, laying chaos and mass murder basically on the planet. And that was a result of this. Now, that in perspective, you know, when I hear people like Dr. Gertot, who I think his heart's in the right place, but this notion that that any alien contact is going to be good contact, I think that that's really kind of a uh, Pollyannic attitude to take about this. Uh, whether you believe the Bible or not, just this idea of this advanced species uh, that 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 is able to somehow morph itself into a human a human form long enough to communicate with us but it's so advanced that it could travel at the speed of light across the universe. I mean, it's way ahead of where we're at. So the idea that we could control this thing or that we could count on it or predict or predict it in any way, I think is beyond the pale. And hence, we really need to take... Uh, I, I think that the idea of making contact with these things is way, way, way too early. Uh, before Before we get to that point that that humankind really has to come to some conclusions about what's going on with the UFO phenomenon, uh, what's behind it, and what are the motives of what's behind it. Because, as I said before, watching is not helping. Now, just before I close, I want to let you know that I did close down my Twitter account. Uh, it got to the point where I couldn't even list my uh, show times on it. And honestly, Twitter's become so restrictive, not to me so much, but to so many other people. I just... I just hate to see all of the people banned off of there for uh, political speech or whatever. I, mean, I don't really care what side of the party you're on. Uh, they're violating people's uh, free speech, in my opinion. If they're not making direct threats to somebody, if they're not you know, out there uh, advocating illegal behavior, then just let it be as far as I'm concerned. I, 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 so, you know, I really didn't need it, and, and uh, hey... If people like Twitter, it's great. I don't care, but it's just not for me. So I did I did log off of that. Uh, I'm going to continue off the show for a while if I can here. I uh, this you know I I get a little bit of help with uh, uh, people that help sponsor the show on on uh, Spotify, but it, you know it's it's literally like ten dollars a month or something. It's just it's very little. So I'm going to continue the show as long as I can. It's, it is a lot of work. And I know, like last week, I didn't put a show out, but I got it this week, and I'm trying to get back to being a little bit more more regular on that because it's something that I do enjoy doing. Uh, if you want to make a comment about the show, you can always do that online through um, through Anchor slash Spotify, I guess. And uh, I might pick up another platform besides Twitter at some point. I'll have to wait and see. I still have the website ufowarning.com. You can go there and check out all the articles. We link to everything. Uh, and if you want to support the program, you can do it through uh, any pay on there. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.